Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Remember your childhood fears? We all had something that scared us to death. If you love talking with your friends about these memories, then you are going to love Snarled's newest podcast, Scaredy Chat. Join our hosts, Monica Sariagi and Caitlin Riley, for the scariest and funniest moments of your lives, Mondays on Scaredy Chat. We have the world at our fingertips with the swipe of a finger. It makes us feel as if we know everything. It's difficult to imagine that anyone particularly our elders, have anything new to teach us. But when they tell us their stories, we would be wise to remember that their lessons often come from devastating experiences. We should always heed the advice of these hard-lived warnings from the wounded. First, a family ritual gone dead wrong, followed by the eyes of the possessed. Then, a child's evil revenge. Finally, in our featured story, The Dead Want Blood. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Warnings of the Wounded When we're young... The way we're raised is all we know. But as we get older and see the world through our own lenses, we realize everything we thought we knew might be a terrible lie. Like in this story, inspired by Penny. Ezzy and her mother Alana were inseparable. And that's just the way Alana liked it. It was always just the two of them, with the occasional visit from Ezzy's grandmother, Regina, While visiting, Regina would tell Alana how unhealthy it was for a girl Ezzy's age not to have her own friends. But Ezzy didn't see it that way. She loved her mother and their routines. Every morning, they would make a leafy broth soup. 
Every evening, they would sleep in the same bed, surrounded by a circle of salt with special herbs laid at the door. While Alana tried to keep this routine from Regina, she eventually discovered this unusual behavior. As he heard the argument through the floorboards, while Regina insisted the strange pattern stop, Alana made it clear she was no longer welcome to visit under any circumstance. Before Regina left, she gave Ezzie a thick old book with an emblem on it. She whispered for her to keep it hidden and to use it only when she needed it most. Above all, she was never to let her mother see it. While Ezzie never kept anything from her mother, she instinctually heeded her grandmother's departing words. As Ezzie grew closer to womanhood, things started to change. Besides her body growing into a young lady, she began seeing her mother differently. She started retreating from the routines and noticing little things, like why she was the only teen in school without a cell phone, or the only one who shared a room with a mom. She began to wonder if her life was really as normal as her mother claimed. She voiced her concerns to her mother, proclaiming that she no longer wanted to have the same soup or sleep in the same bed. Her mother's reaction was swift, and with angry, darkened eyes, she screamed at Ezzie to go to her room. Ezzie, crying and bewildered, sat on her bed. Then she remembered her grandmother's book. She went to retrieve it from a panel in the closet. As she read it, she was in disbelief. The salt around the bed wasn't a normal family routine. It was a spiritual ritual to keep two people united, but separate from the world. The herbs at the door and the broth were there to merge two spirits slowly. It's what an elder used to do to obtain a child's youth. Eventually, the child, upon reaching puberty, would die, thus giving all of their vitality to the elder. It was clear that Alana was going to use Ezzie to live another lifetime. Ezzie was furious and heartbroken. Thank goodness for her grandmother. That night, she apologized to Alana and they resumed their routine. As they lay in bed within the circle of salt, Ezzie waited for Alana to fall asleep. As soon as she did, for the first time ever, she stood up and put one foot over the salt line. Alana woke up and cried for Ezzie to stop. Grandma showed me what you're doing to me. You're going to kill me so you can live forever, Ezzie yelled, making her way toward the herbs. Alana told her she didn't understand and she shouldn't step over the threshold. Defiantly, Ezzie began to jump over the herbs. Just then, Alana leaped out of bed and screamed, She lied to you! As she reached for her daughter, Ezzie, on the other side of the herbs, smiled at her freedom. But quickly, Ezzie began to feel weak. As she stood in the doorway, her mother's arms were out of reach blocked by the powers of the salt and the herbs. Ezzie instantly knew something was wrong, and by the panic on her mother's face, she also knew it was too late to do anything. Ezzie turned around, trying to escape whatever was holding her in place. There stood Regina, with an evil look on her face. Alana could see her mother hovering behind Ezzie and begged Regina not to do it. Please, leave her alone. Don't touch her. With one touch from Regina, 
as he fell to the floor, dead. Alana, still screaming behind the wall of the salt, hit her knees in agony. The book had it right. The elders always came after the young. Alana had caught on to this magic just before her 12th birthday, and she always knew how to protect herself. And when she had Ezzy, she did everything she could to keep her safe. She occasionally allowed her mother to visit, as a way of keeping her enemy closer. But the day Regina caught on to their rituals was the day she knew she could no longer allow her in. But Regina knew, like most new teenagers, a rebellious streak would come and she could use it to her advantage. And so, she did. Thank you so much, Penny, for inspiring this wonderful tale of such an evil grandmother. How about you, listener? Would you trust your mother no matter what? At what cost? And as you grow up, have you ever felt like your family wasn't normal? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Sometimes teenagers are so filled with hormones they don't seem like themselves. And other times, they can be much, much worse. Like in this story inspired by Sauchil. When Valeria was 19, she lived in a large house with her extended family. One day, she was sitting on the porch with her boyfriend Carlos when suddenly a gust of wind appeared to knock Valeria out. It touched her face and her eyes instantly rolled way back into her head and then she passed out on the ground. Carlos cried out and carried Valeria into the house where her mother Anna tried to revive her They moved Valeria into her bed, and Anna dabbed rubbing alcohol under her nose to wake her. When she woke, Valeria had no idea what had happened, but she was different. Over the next few days, Valeria ended things with Carlos out of nowhere and fell into a deep depression. She wouldn't eat or speak, and she started hurting herself. She would cut her forearms carving strange designs into her flesh and alarming her family. When Anna would try to bandage her self-inflicted wounds, Valeria would scream at her and grow violent and lock herself in her bedroom. She grew moodier and more depressed, and the family grew more and more concerned as the days went by. Valeria even refused to go to church with the family, 
and removed all of the crosses and Virgin Mary figurines from her room. Her family didn't know how to help her, and Valeria denied that she wanted or even needed their help at all. She barely spoke to anyone and spent most days locked in her room in the dark. After a week of this, Anna couldn't take it anymore. She barged into Valeria's room and demanded she speak to her. Valeria would not even look at her mother. So Anna shouted, Devolva me, mi hija. Return my daughter to me. She grabbed Valeria's face and turned her head to look into her eyes and gasped when she saw the eyes of El Diablo, where her beautiful daughter's golden brown eyes once had been. The whites of Valeria's eyes were now black as sin, and the golden brown irises now glowed a satanic red, her once gentle gaze menacing and evil. Anna yelled in horror as Valeria shoved her backwards with the strength of ten people and slamming her mother into the wall. Anna called out for her husband, Nicolas, and he ran into the room where he found his wife crumpled on the floor, Valeria circling her like a predator preparing to strike. Nicolas called more family members into the room, and his three brothers came in, holding Valeria down. It took four grown men to restrain her. Nicolas called for a priest, telling him to rush over. They believed their daughter had been possessed. The priest arrived at a gruesome scene. Valeria screaming, jerking, trying to break free, yowling like a wild animal. She was drenched in sweat, her eyes rolled back into her head, and a demonic voice bellowed that Valeria was in hell and would never return to them. Nicolas and his brothers did their best to hold her down as the priest began his exorcism ceremony. He placed a cross on Valeria's forehead and began chanting El Padre Niestro, Our Father, and several other prayers. Anna sobbed watching the scene, fearing for the lives of everyone in the room, and prayed along with the priest as she held a golden rosario with the image of the Virginda Oquila, her most prized possession close to her heart. After hours of praying, chanting, her body finally began to relax. The demonic voice faded away, and she laid still. The family gathered around Valeria, exhausted, terrified, and the priest listened to her heartbeat. She was alive, but would need rest. Valeria remained in her bed for another week, and the priest came back every day to recite the prayers to complete the exorcism, hoping to ensure the demon was truly gone. When Valeria finally regained consciousness, her whole body ached, and she felt like all of her bones had been broken. She described the horrifying images she had seen, being dragged by her hair into hell by El Diablo. He was humongous and seemed to grow even larger as he cursed her to remain there forever. The whole place was burnt and covered with ash, the sky was dark gray, and the ground beneath her was burning hot. Valeria returned mostly to normal after weeks of bed rest and continued prayer rituals with the priest. But Anna swears that when Valeria gets angry, she can see the red glow of El Diablo in Valeria's eyes and fears that El Diablo may return at any time for any reason. 
Thank you so much, Sal Chill, for inspiring this story of possession. So, listener, how would you know something was wrong with your significant other? All of us go through a lot. How do you think the devil chooses who to possess? And what would you do if your friend needed an exorcism? Tell us your stories at somethingscary@snarl.com. Some say that we're all born good, and it's only life experiences that turn us bad. Others believe that some are simply born bad, and there is no amount of positive experiences that can change that. Like in this story, inspired by Joe. Deja was an unusual child. Her parents worked a lot, so she spent most of her time with her mima, Sadie. The little time she did spend with her parents, they often felt creeped out by her, like there was something off about their daughter, and Deja felt like they didn't want her. One evening, when Deja was staying at Sadie's, she could not fall asleep, which happened often, even though she was only four. She stared up at the light on the ceiling, claiming she saw a man in it. Sadie had seen her granddaughter act strangely before and also found her slightly eerie. But she asked Deja to elaborate. Deja described a man who looked exactly like her great-grandfather, Sadie's father. He was tall and strong, with a dark mustache, suspenders, and a wide-brimmed hat. Sadie's father had been a farmer, but Deja didn't know that. She had never even seen a photo of the man, yet... She described him exactly as Sadie remembered him. Sadie was intrigued. She told Deja her late father's name had been Henry, and soon after, Deja said, Good night, Henry. She fell soundly asleep. Sadie told Deja's parents what had happened, but they were not interested in ridiculous ghost stories. Each night that Sadie would tuck Deja into bed, the same thing would happen. Deja would be restless and anxious until Henry appeared and they would bid each other goodnight. The exchanges grew longer into brief conversations and every time Deja would sleep peacefully through the night. After a while, Deja began seeing figures outside of Sadie's home. She would point out unusual characters in the grocery store and Sadie would look but see no one. Deja could describe them in such great detail that Sadie believed she was seeing spirits. Deja would wave to them, and later on at bedtime, she would claim that they had followed her home. Sadie grew more unnerved by her granddaughter, but she also felt she had something special about her and treated Deja's gift with deference and respect. One night, Deja was at home with her parents and could not fall asleep. She asked for Henry, but her mom didn't know who that was and told her to stop being silly. Deja did not like that at all, and she began calling Henry's name, summoning him. Her mother tried to silence her, telling her she didn't know anyone named Henry, but Deja would not listen. She called out the names of more apparitions she had met while out with Sadie, and the spirits gathered, swirling in through the window the doorway, 
even the walls. Deja's mom could not see them, but she could feel their energy and grew very frightened. She was dizzy and disoriented as the ghosts circled around the room so quickly they created a vortex centered around Deja, sitting peacefully in the eye of her ghost storm. Her dad ran into the room and stopped short when he saw his wife being dragged around the room by an invisible force, her eyes filled with terror, and his daughter sitting peacefully nearby. Deja, what's happening in here? Deja ignored him. She raised her arms slowly and the ghost sped up even more. Her mom threw up from all of the motion, but Deja did not relent. She lowered her arms and they slowed back to their original pace but she did not stop them. Deja realized she was controlling the vortex of ghosts, and her eyes narrowed wickedly as she realized she had powers. Her dad, helpless, asked her to stop. He could not get through the vortex of ghosts to reach his wife. I always knew there was something wrong with you. Get out of my house, you devil child. Deja snapped. She threw her arms towards the window, and the vortex of spirits crashed through, taking her mom along with them. She fell through the window and landed outside on the lawn, badly injured, but breathing. Suddenly, Deja realized what she'd done, and the wickedness left her eyes. She ran outside to her mom, crying, apologizing for what she'd done, but it was too late. Her dad would not let Deja near them. Deja tried desperately to hug her mom, but she flinched away from her as if she were a demon. After her parents rejected her, she decided to run away from home into the countryside where people say she still lives. A child being raised by ghosts. Thank you so much, Joe, for inspiring this spine-tingling tale. Do you feel bad for Deja? Or do you feel bad for her parents? Perhaps bad for Sadie, whose granddaughter then runs away. How would you behave if you felt your parents didn't want you? Would you be able to turn to someone or something else? But more importantly, if you had powers, would you use them for good or evil? Even when change seems frightening, parents do what they have to for their family's survival. Unfortunately, when they're so focused on doing the best thing, they can miss the real danger that's right in front of them. The rumors that the mines in Cranberry, North Carolina were haunted go all the way back to the early 1900s. But that didn't stop the Hernandez family from moving there. Ava and her husband, Daniel, had lost their jobs due to the pandemic. So when Cranberry offered free housing and compensation for anyone willing to work in the mines, they packed up their things and their teenage daughter Luna and moved. While the locals warned about dreadful noises coming from the mines at night, our old miners' ghosts stirring about the property, they figured it was all just nonsense to have fun with the new outsiders. But that all changed quickly. The site manager told Daniel to show up at sunrise or soon after it, 6.10 a.m., but not a minute earlier. However, 
Daniel believed in punctuality and making a good impression. So Ava and Luna drove him to work extra early. They arrived at the trailer outside of the mine just before dawn, so it was still very dark outside. Daniel and Ava knocked and knocked on the trailer door, but no one answered. Luna meandered toward the entrance of the mine, and the closer she got, the colder it became. Squinting into the deep blackness, something moved, a flicker of light, and then it was gone. She headed back to the trailer. The trailer door was now open, but the inside was completely empty. No desks, no phones, nothing. Just a shell of a trailer. Ava checked her phone to make sure they had the right place. No reception. Suddenly, a muffled sound came from the depths of the cave. A sucking, whispery noise, almost as if it was trying to say something. They stepped outside to listen. The sound continued over and over again. Slowly, they began to piece together the words, They Luna told them she may have seen the site manager in the mine. As they stood on the lip of the entrance, it grew quiet again. They all moved a little further inside, and Daniel called out the site manager's name. An earth-shaking sound came from the deep, and its words were crystal clear. It howled at them. The dead, they breathe. Stunned. Just about to turn and run, they saw the glow of a flashlight. Behind the light was the shape of a man heading quickly toward them from the depths of the cave. Daniel called to him, but the only response was a sinister growl. As the dark figure came closer, the spillover of light revealed a miner carrying tools and a flashlight and wielding a pickaxe. But there were gaping holes where his eyes should have been and his skin hung from his bones. The family turned to run, but how did they get so deep into the mines? They had only taken a couple of steps inside, but now the exit was far away. Before the family could grasp the situation, the miner was an arm's length away from Luna, axe up. Luna screamed as Daniel pushed her out of the way. The miner's axe narrowly missed her, and the swing buried the pickaxe into the mine wall, pushing his family ahead of him as they all ran. The miner behind them growled and pulled the pickaxe free. Saving their breath to run, the family barreled for the exit. They could hear the low howl of wind in the cave and the hard breathing and thud of undead boots trying to catch up behind them. 6.10 a.m., the site manager arrived. He saw the Hernandez's truck and looked at his watch. He immediately went to the trailer. Looking in the window, it was empty, save for his desk, filing cabinet, normal office supplies, and so on. A sound came from the mine entrance. A sickening sensation gripped him as he ran toward the entrance, a stitch burning in his side as he looked in and saw three puddles of gore. The entire family had been hacked apart piece by piece. Gasping harshly, tears burning in his eyes, he whispered to himself, I told them not before sunup. 
This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.